Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC Studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to a bonus edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. We already did one of these this week, but... Lots of great questions and a lot needed to be addressed before Kansas State's basketball game on Wednesday night, which is now taking place, but we're recording before the game. So nothing about the actual game, so we can string this all together. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gilbert, two dogs. I have to cut out every time they shake their head, flap those big ears around. Can we kick them out? They're kind of distracting me. They're Everyone's petting the dog. Everyone is loving on dude. Nobody is loving on me. That sounded horrible. We're sponsored by the fridge. They love on you every time you go in there. They'll scratch you behind your ears and point you to the bourbon. Good dog. Get into the fridge whenever you're in town. Our segment sponsors are Tanner's and the High Low. I don't even know if I need to do these reads because they already got one damn podcast this week. This is bonus stuff. Bonus. But we love our sponsors. We love our sponsors. Hey, uh, Ryan Gilbert, are you going to do all the questions in your Trump voice, or are we going to save that for overtime sometime? Well, look, I thought my friend over here, my friend, Cole, I thought Cole was going to be reading the questions, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your questions from Wabash Station, Cole Carmody. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to top that. Um, from Ricky Ticky Tabby, was the decision to move on from Courtney Messingham and Jason Ray fully Chris Clemens, or was there influence from the higher up? 100% Chris Kleiman. There's no, nobody's telling him how to manage his staff. And I, I truly believe that. I mean, if you have to tell a guy how to do his job, then fire him. I mean, if you have to micromanage, it's what I, way I run my business. If I have to micromanage you guys, I'm going to go find someone I don't have to micromanage. Now, this was all Chris Kleiman, and uh, I admire him for it. And the Ray was writing on the wall. I mean, he had one more year on his contract. I would imagine if last year had been the end of his contract, he probably would have been gone. Remember, they switched him from receiver to running backs and tight ends, or excuse me, fullbacks and tight ends, and, and moved Messingham out to receiver. Those changes didn't work. I mean, they just, Messingham didn't mesh with the receivers, just like Ray, and uh, they moved on. It's good. It's a good sign. Uh, it's not easy. I mean, he, he removed two guys that he brought with him. That's got to be tough. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was the right decision, though. I mean, that's at the end of the day, um, no matter who takes over the offensive coordinator position, no matter who takes over the receivers, tight ends, whatever other position they fill, it was the right decision. I mean, they have got they had to get new blood in there. They had to just change something because it wasn't working. It wasn't working. No. No matter what you try, if it do, if the next one doesn't work, well, you can't say that you didn't try because the results were the same week after week. And so 
I think it was the right decision. We we talked about this a number of times in the podcast this year. They would practice things that they didn't didn't put on the field. They would put things in the game plan that would never make it to the field. And this wasn't just like, well, it never presented itself to call. It just wouldn't do it. And I think there was a real frustration with the head coach. Why are you using practice time on things that you aren't using in the games? Got to stop this. And he sets up his staff just like Bill Snyder did, except mirror image. Bill Snyder was an offensive coach. He spent his time predominantly with the offense and let his defensive coordinators do their thing. I think we were told by one of our sources, and I'm pretty sure this is what Ryan Wall shared with me, that Chris Kleiman was in every defensive meeting and zero offensive meetings because Courtney Messingham was brought here to run the offense. He may not have the title of associate head coach, but he was running one side of the ball. And that's why this move is so interesting, um, so dramatic, and and, um, could be impactful for the program in a negative or positive way because now he needs to find someone else with whom he puts that kind of trust in. And that's a big question. I like it because it shows Chris Kleiman has the cojones to do what he thinks he needs to do to win. You know, we've talked about the concerns of, oh, no, he's got to fire his friend or fire a coach he had with him at North Dakota State. You know, it's something we were critical of when Snyder was here. He'd never get rid of an assistant coach when he needed to get rid of an assistant coach. Well, Chris Kleiman just did that. And we had talked about it all season that, you know, it was a possibility, but... You know, you, you might need to do it, and it may not happen, but it's happened. And you got to give Chris Kleiman credit for getting rid of one of his friends to try making his football team better and taking ownership of the situation. But when his demeanor after in the press conference at Texas, I mean, you just knew that it was the coaching staff that, let, that lost that game. It wasn't anything that the players did. You know, you could tell that it was it was the coaching staff and Chris Kleiman that ultimately needed to own that one, own that loss at Texas. Fitz, you mentioned the answer to the question is no, as is influenced from the higher up. I agree, but the fan base and how angry people were getting at Messingham, I think that probably had a little bit of an impact on it. I really do. There's a little push. There was, uh, you know, but it's not like Chris Kleiman went from not recognizing issues to firing his friend. He, you call out offense in the, after the bail game, I didn't like her game plan. He was clearly unhappy after the Texas game. I, everyone was unhappy. It was a disaster. And I almost wonder if this just didn't come down to a guy getting into his own head with play calling. Just like we talked about it in the earlier podcast this week. Ish can't make shots. He's just in his head. He's just off his game. And I almost feel like the pressure of the Texas game, Courtney Messingham probably felt like I got to do this right and what do you, what would you do? You would keep falling back on what you know works most often. Deuce, deuce, deuce. And it didn't work. Yep. Uh, next question from Ricky Ticky Tavi. Who would be the staff's personal picks for the OC based on the hot board and why? Well, I'm just going to say this. I understand why Kleiman is looking within his his circle. If that's Tim Pulasic, is that what we have decided? Uh, or Colin Klein or whomever. Because he doesn't want to change the offense. And I've said this again and again. This offense will work. There's nothing wrong with the offense. It, it's like any other offense. If you don't use it right, it's not going to work. This offense will work. I think they have a really good offense to address what's going on in the Big 12. Just the play calling was tragically uneven and 
I just I I couldn't understand what they were attempting to do because play calling isn't about I'm going to call this play because it'll work on this this moment. It's about moving the pieces around so that maybe in the fourth quarter when you have a a need for a big play, you've set all that up. And it never felt like K-State was setting anything up. It felt like I scouted and I saw this should work and it doesn't work. Well, it should work and it still doesn't work and it should work and it still doesn't. It, there was no like adjusting on the fly. There was no creativity, no like, you know, like a chess moves, just piling the moves so you can set things up. There's none of that going on. He's going to stay within his own circle because he knows this offense can work. And folks, he just changed the entire defense. I don't want to see what happens if they change the entire offense. The defense was his baby. He was able to step in over there when they struggled against Oklahoma and Iowa State and say, okay, this is what we're going to do and and help Klanderman as a coach of coaches. So I don't think there'll be anything dramatic. It sounds like Matt Wells is determined to be a head coach. And even if you can't find a head coaching job, do you want to hire an OC that one year later is like, I'm out of here. I got a head coaching job. Bye. No, that's not what he wants. He wants stability in his program. And I do believe, and maybe I'm stepping on a question here. I do believe the Texas Bowl is a, is an audition. So we'll we will, get into we that. We will get into that. Yep. Uh, to answer this question, I, I want Colin Klein. Realistic options, Colin Klein. Just solely for the fact that you have to decide what the future is with Colin Klein on this coaching staff. Because the development of the quarterbacks have not been the greatest. But from everything we've heard, he is an outstanding offensive mind. There, it's real. It, it is a real thing for coaches to be better at managing a game than managing the players. Now, I don't know if that in, entitles Colin Klein being solely the offensive coordinator and assistant quarterback coach if you bring in, you know, Polasek or somebody else. But I think Colin Klein, ultimately, if things go right, I think Chris Kleiman wants to hire Colin Klein as the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Go ahead, Zach. I, I, I like what Cole said. You know, if you're going to have somebody, if you're going to bump Colin Klein up to being the offensive coordinator, I think you do need to find somebody else to kind of handle the quarterbacks a little bit more. Make Colin co-quarterbacks coach and bring somebody else in. I don't know who else that would be. But, Polisek's a quarterback coach. But yeah. He, he, I mean, he's coached everything, but he was a college quarterback. Right. And I, I think his presence... Uh, I, I, he's a really hard sell as an offense coordinator because his offense is stunk at Wyoming. But keep in mind, Kleiman saw him call plays in Fargo, and it worked. Again, it's easier to call plays at work when you have the better players. But uh, he's seen an effectiveness there that he probably likes. But I think it's a it's not just about position coaching. He's never really been a full OC. He's never been a full OC. He was a secondary OC for a while to Andre Coleman, and he hasn't called plays. And you. If you really are having a head coach that's defensive-minded and turning the offense over to the offensive coordinator, well, you probably want someone who's been an offensive coordinator before to be in the room with Colin, and it's good with that. So I I don't know if he'd come for that as a co-OC where he's not calling plays, but uh, I feel like the game this should belong to Colin unless he just pulls a Texas at the Texas Bowl and and just does something tragically silly. But I my feeling is is that. In uh, seeing the demeanor of the coaches as they left the Texas press box, everyone knew that that was just an awful, awful performance from the coaches. To answer the question, though, I don't know if I'd want him as 
offensive coordinator, and I think it'd be a stretch to make him. But man, I want neat Nate Shieldhouse, Shieldhouse, Shieldhouse. However you say his name, I want him out of Iowa State. And if you can put him on K State staff, that's what that'd be great. And He's I've come to believe K State's asset recruiting. I, I've come to the belief that I'm not worried about Matt Campbell. I'm worried about him. He's the problem. It's not Matt Campbell rating Kansas and Kansas City for players. It's him. We got to get Matt Campbell out. So. You know, particularly if, let's say, Oregon comes after Campbell. I don't know. I'm just saying. You don't need a Kansas City recruiter. I mean, that's his thing. That's his signature, which is a weird thing to have. It's not like it's Dallas-Fort Worth. But there's value if you're right here. And then you could maybe find a spot for him as a receiver's coach or or whatever. They're going to, you know, they've got two openings. If they name Colin Klein, the offense coordinator, they've got two position openings that they can address. And so there's some moves here. I like that he's said, okay, we're done with change right now. We needed to make these changes before the bowl game because we need to have the fresh ideas out there. But I'm not going to go hire position coaches right now. We'll wait till after the bowl. I like it. Next question comes from Phyllis Nelson. Do you think Colin Klein has a real chance at being the permanent offensive coordinator, or is this strictly an interim role? I, I do. I don't think it's as as done as what you know. I think all of us would like. Um, and I, I know a lot of you like bringing some someone new, new ideas. It's just not. It's not happening, guys. It's just not. Just. Um, but I think it's important. I love how Chris said Colin knows it's not make or break. Yes, it is. If he stinks, you can't promote him. And if he's awesome, you can't not promote him. It is a debut, an encore. Uh, uh, it's a debut. A, yeah, a debut. It's an audition. An audition. That's the word I'm looking for. An audition for the offensive coordinator job. And I hope he does a good job with it because this is – Zach said it earlier in the week. This is Texas game all over again. If we're going to put odds – if you're if you're a betting man, Mr. Gilbert, oh, not me. I've what? never bet a penny in my life. Since you're, no. you're the betting expert, though, you know for for the pregame podcast, you are the betting gambling expert. I'm not saying you gamble, but if you were never. to set odds at Colin Klein being the offensive coordinator at K State for the first game of the 2022 season, what would you put him at? Minus 110. Yeah, minus 120. Some you know. Sure. So odds on favorite. Yeah. I think, I think that there's a there's a better than good chance that if K State wins this game, he's the offense coordinator. Pull a second plus one hundred, like you know, those are probably the two main ones. Not to play devil's advocate here, but we've got a little bit of a problem if we're going to base sixty minutes of football against, like we talked about earlier this week on the other podcast, against an LSU team that probably isn't going to care, that's going to have a lot of players opt out. Why are we going to put so much stock into this one game? for the future of years to come in this entire program. Well, I don't know that Kleiman will. I mean, you know, I don't. I think if, that's what he's saying. But the fans, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's We talked about that earlier, that maybe the pushback on, on Messingham did get to the Kleiman level. But, um, you know, it, it, this could be the opposite. They, they put up 45 points on LSU. Well, the fans are going to be clamoring. They're just gonna, it's going to be unbelievable. He's... You know, he's a K-State hero. Now we all are kind of c- concerned about the quarterback room. I think there's some questions there. And there has been ongoing talk about him moving on to become an offensive coordinator. So maybe this is just one way to wrap it all up. I, I just feel like the success that Colin had as a player, and I understand he he's coached quarterbacks, he played wide receiver. I get he's done a lot. But the, sex, the success he had as a player, 
I don't know if that's really going to translate with many other quarterbacks. And I know that, you know, things might change, and I get that. But running the option, you've, you know, that, I feel like that was his staple. He wasn't a great thrower. He was a runner. And I don't know what I'm really trying to get at here. I don't know if I have a good explanation, but I'm just skeptical of Klein as an offensive coordinator. I just am. Uh-huh. And you have Will Howard, who's basically like Colin with a better throwing motion. Sure. I mean, <laughs> if you want to think about it. Howard's not nearly as good as Klein was. No. Nobody's going to be. No, he's just that he's kind a one of a kind special player. Yep. So this kind of goes into the next question as we sit here and, and talk about this from El Camino Cat. Do you expect the new offensive coordinator will significantly overhaul the offense, or will things look pretty similar? It's going to look similar. Yeah. Well, look, it it depends on how you approach this. Be, well, be, before you go, Fitz, I want to say to what Ryan was talking about. I think what you're describing is kind of an overhaul of the offense. And I don't think that's what's going to happen. I mean, the offense right now is not anywhere similar at all to what Colin Klein ran with. Yeah, I get that. It'll be similar. I'm just saying that I don't know if, if Klein is really, you know, bluntly put the best guy for the job. No, I I think it'll be the same offense, but that doesn't mean it won't look much different. It, I think what we're going to see, whoever comes in, they're going to strip down the playbook a little bit. There's too much. Everything I've heard, we all heard about Snyder, but they're just learning too much and they're putting too much on the plate. And I'm I'm all in on that. Strip it down, do what you do really well, and put in things each week that the players can use and that builds through the year. Just, if you're going to learn it, use it. Yeah, exactly. Quit wasting brain space. As someone with limited brain capacity, stop it. Just stop. You, you just confuse your your players. So, no, I don't think it'll be an overhaul of the offense schematically, but it might be an overall on how it's deployed. I mean, unless Chris Kleiman goes and finds some offensive guru that he won't name and mm-hmm. comes back and it's just spread offense you, that he learned never from know. a Maybe. pirate enthusiast in Maybe Mississippi. some guy that was a young coach up at North Dakota or somewhere else Chris Kleiman's been and is just tearing it up and it's off our radar. I don't think there is because Ryan Wallace would have found him. Yeah. Because Ryan Wallace, he does DNA coding. He does everything. <laughs> He's like a private investigator. It's unbelievable the connections he finds. I think Casey needs to hire Jason Brown, the old independence that would Cut be community great college for last chance you uh would it be <laughs> well not players but probably hookers <laughs> uh next question from 3G Wildcat there was some theory that offensive coordinator decisions would be made after the bowl game with the game now on January 4th is that too late to make a final decision no you just got to have it you got to have a guy in place that's prepared for spring football. That's really all you need. It's it's not about recruiting at this point because you're not going to get any big name flips. I mean, at least that I'm aware of, right? So unless you just go find some mega offensive coordinator at a top ten team, which, which you're not going to do. Not that's not going to happen. So yeah, I, I don't think the decision is too late. But unless you want to go hire Brent Deerman, mm. KU's old one that comes mm. in here, and then he can get Jalen Daniels to transfer. That would be kind of funny. Because he's, he's who recruited him. But no, they're not going to do that. They're just going to go, they're going to stay the course. Folks, it, it cracks me up how we're going to blow it all up. And then if you do it, why aren't you good? You know, it's like you can't just blow things up and then expect it all to be better the next year. It just doesn't always work that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. I, I agree. You agree? Thank you. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Uh, last question of the first half comes from Eric Schneid. 
I believe I'm saying that correctly. You got it. Um, this is an interesting question. Do you think any of our most val- most notable cats would accept a coaching role here? Someone like Jordy at our recently vacated wide receiver coaching spot or Darren Sproles at running back coach. You have to figure their names and their NFL success will carry a ton of weight with recruits alone, let alone their pure, pure ability and positions they played. Yeah, it's fun to fantasize about a Jordy Nelson coming to K-State and being a a coach and coaching the position that he would played at. But he just retired from the NFL. He wants to relax and enjoy some life. He wants to farm. I mean, think about it this way. Let's say you're the CEO of some big company in Kansas City, like Cerner or something. You're the CEO, and you decide after making millions of dollars every year for the last decade, two decades, however much, you're going to retire, and then you immediately get an offer to go be a professor at K State and make a hundred thousand dollars a year immediately after. And I mean, that's basically you've never done it before. That's basically, well, and just because you're, you, you know, you're good at business, you understand all the all the concepts, but you're not a teacher, you know. That's that's how I see all of these, you know, these dream scenarios. It'd be great. It'd be great for recruiting. I don't, and he'd probably be just as good enough of a coach that you could have as an assistant. But these guys, they just want to relax. They've made their millions. It's time for them to hang out for I'm a gonna, bit. I'm what? Play. Hang on, hang on. What does Bill Snyder think of that? He retired. What do you mean? And he came back. But he didn't come back as... But he didn't come back as lesser than what... Like, that, that'd be like Bill Snyder coming back and being, like, offensive analyst. Or, yeah, he retires and comes back and... Yeah, that's true. Now you're going to be the CEO of a business. They'll pay far less, and you've never done it before. That's my thing. These guys have never done it before. They might be great coaches. I think Terrence Newman would be a great coach. I think anybody that's played as much football as they have in the NFL, I think anyone could be a good coach. But I don't think they would want to do it because I'm, that's why they were in the NFL. I'm going to play devil's. Their millions. I'm going to play devil's advocate like Mr. Gilbert does so often. Um, Michael Beasley or Michael Beasley? Oh my God! Uh, Michael Beasley, I would not trust to coach football. <laughs> Michael Bishop, no, just won a state championship in Texas. He coaches, so he didn't make millions of dollars. Tom Brady he was in the NFL. Made the millions of dollars. Okay, but I think that the the preface of this question is talking about notable cats. I I would say Michael Bishop is a notable cat. I agree, though. Is that if you want to pick Michael, if you want to pick up Michael Bishop, yes, but that's because he's taken a coaching path and he didn't spend two decades in the league because Tom Brady took his job and Tom Brady is still playing. But but I think the preface of the question is notable cats. I think what this is getting at is okay. how do you get All right. So you want me to exclude the two others and pick some other guys is what you're saying. Michael Bishop, yes. If you want Michael Bishop, That's, very fine. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Fine. But when you bring up Jordy Nelson, you bring up Darren Sproles, Terrence Newman to an extent, no. I don't see it. The guys that are in coaching that you think could have made it in the league, like Jake Waters or whoever else, Colin Klein... You know, there there becomes a gap. You either you're a player or you're a coach. And that gap and that decision and that fork in the road comes in your mid twenties. It doesn't come when you're late thirties, early forties. I saw people going back and forth on the boards about this. What about Cody Cook? Now that's that's an interesting choice. Um, maybe he does slide into a receiver role, but I mean I think he can come in as an analyst, something a little bit under a full-time position coach for right now, 
think that would be his next move. Um, moving from a junior college position coach to a power five position coach is an enormous career jump. A really good one, though. Oh, he's done a great job there, and I think I'm he, talking about the program that he's at. Oh, I know it's, it is, but man, that's just a, that's an enormous jump. It really is. That is it, my friend. That's it for the that's first it. half of wow. this Powercat Questions podcast. We appreciate you uh, putting up with us, and we'll be back right after this break with more. It's going to be quick because it turns out Cole has class. Not like not like he's like stylish and wearing a tuxedo. He needs to go to school. Sorry, Tony. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat Podcast continues after this short break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Our segment sponsors are... Tanners in the high low. Make sure you visit all of those places when you come to town and support local Manhattan businesses as we continue our second PowerCat Questions podcast of the week. And take it away, Cole. First question of the second half comes from Wildcat Dad 2020. Which running back, quote unquote, secures the quote unquote spell deuce role for the bowl game? Do we see more football run game, fullback run game <laughs> with current running back inexperience behind deuce? Oh, my God, Dad, you oh. used a lot of words and Cole just over overheated <laughs> on that one. Abbreviation. Speaking of side note on abbreviations, you guys can't use CK as an abbreviation. When we're talking about an offensive coordinator that might be Colin Klein, when you have Chris Kleiman as the head coach, yeah, it doesn't work. Please stop. Please stop. This is so confusing. So uh, let me break this question down. Yes. The backup running back, who is the backup running back behind Deuce, and are we going to see more fullback running games? Ben Sennett and Jackson Playmore. Yes. That'll be interesting. I mean, do they get Geddens ready? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it'll be Shippers. It yeah, probably be will shippers be Shippers too. to come in uh, in relief. I mean, he, he got a few snaps earlier this year, but I think they'll probably go with the same game plan they did at Texas. It's going to be primarily Deuce in terms of player rotation. Probably not Deuce running it into the uh, wall in front of him. But, yeah, I, it, it is a mess. It is. Oh and, and Brian Anderson's done a good job, but he has not kept running backs behind around Deuce. And it's it's hard sell, but, man. I would love to see Jackson Ng get the ball. I mean – I don't know if you guys have gone back and seen his high school, and I know that was 50 pounds ago for Jackson Ean, <laughs> but he was a running back, and he was a he was a unit. Like, there's no other way to describe oh, him in high school. He was a unit running the football. I'm not saying he 
has that same speed or anything like that now, but he knows how to carry the ball. If it's third and one, instead of just handing the ball off to Deuce, line him up in the in the fullback. Just do a fullback dive. I I could I think Jackson. That's my bold prediction is Jackson will get at least one carry in this game. I'm gonna guess more a little more wide receiver motion that they've done. Probably a little more if Malik. You know, Malik, Phillip Brooks, somebody coming in, taking the snap and basically immediately and mm-hmm. running around the corner like they've done. Maybe a little bit more of that, but man, I think it's gonna be all deuce and maybe Ben Sennett. I don't I, I don't know what I re- it's tough to say what they're gonna do. There's no more running backs. They're gonna give it to Deuce a lot, but if it goes like the Texas game where you can stop him pretty easily, they're gonna have to throw. They're down one wide receiver. It's kind of a mess. Like we've said, no pun intended, mm-hmm. but maybe pun intended. We should see Malik back there for a few snaps. We could, you know, he's he's a great athlete that could be back there. Um, and actually, I mean, we've seen it in the past. It's yeah. not, he has lined up at running back before, just as Deuce lines up at receiver. Yep, um, agreed. Next question: Ema Wildcat eighty two asks, Has the transfer portal just become another version of the NFL draft? No, it's, it's just more like free, free agency. agency. Yeah, it's. Uh, I did the daily delivery on it. I think they just need to. I'm all for the transfer portal. People shouldn't have to stay. They should have the option of leaving. I get it. I'm a, I'm supportive of it, but the way it's being used right now, it's too convenient for guys just to quit. And I know the analogy is always made that a coach get, can get up and leave whenever. Why can't the players? And I agree with that, but also. Coaches are grown men who've had a lot of life experiences and and are making decisions that impact their family. It, it just it strikes me that players are making a spontaneous decision. I'm not happy. I quit. I'm going into the transfer portal, and two days later, you're announced that you're leaving. Well, quitting in the middle of the season isn't good for you. Isn't good in any way for your your future. But that's what the transfer portal is encouraging players to do. And so I would like to see them go to windows postseason windows like the portal be open right now would we have a bigger rush yeah that means programs need to be prepared they can't just do it all at at the end of the season like some schools are doing oh well let's look at the portal and who's in it i mean you're gonna have to stay on top of players around the country It's it's a mess there was a quote from lincoln riley when he was actually at oklahoma and he said he was at he was actually there. Yeah, what? He was. Wow. wow. <laughs> it feels like forever ago. Well, they just hate him down there. Why? Why would they hate someone so much? If I know. Been there? I don't know. Well, it gets even more ironic because he said, you know, if a kid leaves a program and wants to come to ours, and he left in the middle of the season of his old program, I'm not going to take him because I question his character. And how ironic is that? That Lincoln Riley just up and leaves. But I think he has a point. Yeah, if you're a team, totally agree. Why would you want to take on somebody who leaves during the season? Now, again, I understand the whole after a game, you know, or excuse me, after the regular season before a bowl game. This is the best time if you're a player to get into the transfer portal so you can enroll at a school at the start of the second semester. I get that, but if you're one of those guys that leaves during the season, why? It's not going to work out because you have to stay in school to keep your academics up. Why wouldn't you stay on your team? It sends a horrible message. Well, if I don't get my way, coach, and I, and I come to your place, I'm going to quit. Because we've seen a lot of transfer portal kids do that. And guess what? You're just going to get more film if you go to practice and play. Right. That should be – if you know you're not coming back, that should be your motto. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to finish out the season. I'm going to get as much practice film as I can or game film or whatever. And then I'm all into the portal and find my way. But 
quitting on your team in the middle of the season is not okay. On the flip side, if you know you're going to transfer, but you're just sticking around as just lame duck, why wouldn't the coach just kick you off? Why wouldn't you right. just get well, dismissed immediately? But I don't think – I think the point is you don't announce you're transferring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're – if you're running around saying you're going to transfer, you don't. You can't be in that locker room. You shouldn't be in that locker room. But um, I, it just comes back to this lesson that you you have to learn through life. And we're seeing 18, 19, 20-year-old kids being expected to understand that you need to live where your feet are planted and, and, and do that. And then if it's time to move on, go live there. But w- there's too much of this. I'm here, but I'm not really here. I don't want to be here, but I got to be here. I'm going to finish being here. Just it's, if that's who you are, I agree with Coach Riley. I don't want you around. Mm-hmm. Don't quit on your teammates. Don't quit on yourself. Because you know what the easiest thing to do? And I've learned this through my life. This isn't like I was always diligent. I quit my high school basketball team. It is easy to quit. It's easy to just give up. It's harder to keep going forward through adversity. And those are the kids I'd want on my program. Next question of the second half comes from Itam BB. Which bowl matchups do you like the most? Oh, boy. I didn't know that was coming up. Should have let you guys oh, know. Man. I didn't even look that closely oh, either. Well, but, but luckily, I've been into these stories, so I know how to find these. Uh, the first thing that jumps out to me is Mike Leach in Mississippi State versus Texas Tech. That's that's sweet, isn't it? That's that's a great storyline. I don't know if it's going to be a very good game, but, I mean, that's a pretty cool storyline. I, I, I will be watching that game. Um, I also think Penn State and Arkansas in the Outback Bowl on New Year's Day will be a good game. Um, I really liked Arkansas this year. I know that, you know, that Texas win looks a lot worse than it did at the time. But they had a solid season. He's getting that program rebuilt. So those are two games for very average teams, I guess you could say, like average bulls that I probably I'm looking at the most. Outback Steakhouse is a pretty decent chain steakhouse. So, <laughs> so it's a good it's a good game. Uh, Bloomin' onions. Yeah, you're a fan fan of the Bloomin' onions. I am actually. I haven't yeah. had one forever because I don't I don't go to chains very often. Um, let's let's go with the New Year Six. I I'm intrigued by. Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. You got it. I'm yeah. intrigued by. It. I think the rest are kind of trash. Michigan. Baylor, Ole Miss. Baylor, Ole Miss. Yeah, that'd defense. be the second one. Ohio State, Utah. Mm, not really, but I think Utah could win the game. I well, yeah. It's not that I don't think it's a good match. There's just something I'm. I don't want to watch Ohio State, folks. Yeah. I'd rather watch Utah. Michigan State, uh, Pittsburgh, kind of sounds like a trip to the dentist to me. It just no offense to my dentist who listens to this. Well, I probably did. Offend you. Who who are they playing? Was that Michigan, Michigan State, State Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? Yeah, that's a trip to the dentist. That's pe- that's the Peach Bowl. Yeah, yeah, that's going to have a huge. Can't um, be clean, but the Duke's Mayo Bowl, North Carolina, South Carolina. Yes, that's a great pairing. Six and two, six and six teams. But guess what? I bet people are going to watch that because they have the best social media team in the postseason. And then if we go for a little bit further down, um, some of those bulls with the the group of five, UTSA San Diego State is going to be a great game. I'm just telling you guys right now. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be awesome at the and, Frisco Bowl. And I'm I'm into UTEP Fresno just because of Dana Demolin first bowl game in forever for the minors. Yeah, I wait. Minors can go to bowl games. Yes, they can. They can also yeah. drink in in El Paso. Um, Whoa, I know. Sounds illegal. But you got to wear your your hard hat with the helmet, Mm. with the light on the front. It's a hard hat holiday. Yep, there you go. Respectfully. Uh, 
I'm uh, guys. As I flip through this uh, this bowl schedule, the amount of parity in college football this season is unbelievable. I mean, we're talking about um, Kansas State and Iowa State were vying for the second non New Year's Six bowl at seven and five. And, Crazy. and some really good teams have gone to that cheese at bowl. But how many matchups I'm seeing here between seven and five and six and six, and it's just unbelievable. The one that I really am kind of interested in, because you talk about they've got to be excited to join the Big 12 for this reason only. BYU at 10 and two slips all the way to the Independence Bowl, which was just given away years ago by the Big 12 as a crap bowl they didn't want to go to and uh, they're going to play a, a pretty good 8-4 UAB team but they should mop them up but I just that's the only oddball um, yeah that's just I mean that's the price you pay for being independent if right. you're good yep. and you have a good season but your bull tie-ins are what they are it's it's too bad they didn't get to go to the guaranteed rate bowl because that was their other contracted like, bowl that they had an opportunity to go to but, I, like, I like Florida 6-6 six and six versus UCF That'd be a, that's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of motivation for UCF in that game. I mean, think about how many kids are on that team that probably were completely overlooked by Dan Mullen in Florida. Or I mean, It's going to be similar to LSU, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's a similar game that Florida may just kind of huge for the new Big 12, in. right? I mean, that's a big, that's a big game for the new Big 12 that UCF can beat Florida in a bowl. What is UCF? Are they six and six? Eight and four. They went eight and four. I thought they were terrible this year. I got third now. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. Well, mm-hmm. Without their quarterback, who was injured now, is in the portal. So the top three American teams this season, plus BYU, Mm -hmm. all the Big 12. Yep. Three of four. That is impressive. SMU SMU was tied in there. Were they tied? Yeah, whatever. Okay. Y'all ready for something? None of these games matter, except for the college football playoff. Well, in the big scope of football, no. But in where you are as a football program, yeah, they matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't matter to you because eh. you're an elitist. <laughs> but um, go to your little beach house. Go. I mean, I can go back and I could probably write a small book on the importance of the Copper Bowl to K State football, and it was, you know, it's it's the guaranteed rate bowl, right? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, Arizona Diamondbacks Bowl. Yeah, the Diamondback it? Bowl. Yeah, that's what it should be. We've decided that. Um, it just depends on who you are. If you're UTEP, yeah, that's a freaking huge game to be going to Albuquerque. Woo! I mean, uh, it, they should just name it the Breaking Bad Bowl. Hmm. That'd be good. Walter White's Breaking Bad Bowl. Oh, I love it. What is, what's the little thing they call? Is it blue? Yeah. The blue drugs? Yep. Uh, speaking of drugs... Oh, boy. Just kidding. There's no good segue to that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The last question of the second half comes from CW Power Cap. As journalists, what was your opinion on the Buffalo Bills reporter who asked the controversial question to the Bills player in the postgame press conference after losing to New England on Monday Night Football? Well, first of all, I haven't heard it. I didn't hear it. And, Zach, you can't really hear the question, right? You can't really hear it, but I think the gist of it is at the end he asks, you know, was it an embarrassing performance, I guess? That they put up, yeah. which the the first part of the question, I didn't really have any issue with. Right. You know, talk about your performance. You played poorly, basically. Can can we provide some, you know, context here? New England ran the ball 
or, or yeah. New England threw the ball three times in the game and won. Yeah, it was a cold, windy night in Buffalo. So Bill Belichick said, we're going to play old school football and run it. 14 to 10. And they passed the ball three times. They won the game. Uh, obviously, that means they had to have ran the football every other play. And the reporter asked, basically, yes, I'm assuming, why couldn't you stop the run? And they didn't like it and walked out. So that is, is the context. Is that embarrassing? Is that embarrassing? Yeah. At the end. There's no, there's no problem in asking about, you know, what went wrong defensively. But to, to put the opinion in there, is it embarrassing? Implies it is embarrassing. So we've discussed this. I think it was in a walk and talk where people want you to ask the what they perceive to be hard question. But actually what they want you to do is function as a fan and seek conflict. And that's this is the exact point. You got an answer, but is it a usable answer as a journalist that they were mad at you? Well, then are you the story or is the game the story? What, what are we doing here? You got to get answers out of people um, in, a, in a way that will get you insight, not reaction, insight. That's what you should be seeking. Shouldn't be seeking to tap into emotions. You should be seeking to tap into knowledge. Uh, and it's easy to say, yeah, Coach Messingham, why would your play call suck so bad today? What kind of answer do you think you're going to get? We're not into this self-gratification thing that, you know, I want to tell you you suck because I'm here to tell you you suck. That's not that's not our job. Our job is to figure out through an analytical way to get the best information possible to provide to our consumers, which are you guys. And like I said, I didn't hear this question, but anytime you get – a group reaction of offense, you screwed up in how you ordered the question. That's at you, unless it's someone that's hyper, hyper um, touchy about these things. I will say, though, I think the Bills locker room is done. Like, I think that this team sucks now. Like, I mean, they've they've lost a lot more games than they should have this year. This was kind of, I mean. Hmm. This was embarrassing. I, I think it was embarrassing. It abs- I, I don't think the question was really that bad because it was embarrassing. And the reaction showed, yeah, we couldn't handle beating New England at home when they only threw the ball three times. It was embarrassing. And them walking off just said, yeah, you might as well just throw it in for the Bills. I think but the other side of that is – Fitz, could you imagine what would have happened if you would have asked Coach Kleiman after the game, how embarrassing was it that you couldn't get one yard on two plays? Instead yeah. of, you know, uh, would you do something different? I think Kellis asked that. Would, would uh, you know, basically how, how do you feel about this? Don't put how, they're, how they, you want them to feel into the question – Ask them how they feel or what they believe. Or, and I know people hate it, it's a lazy question, talk about your performance on third and one out of the Wildcat. Now, the reason a lot of us ask questions that way, well, you're going to ask a question, it's the laziest question ever. I, screw you. It's not about the question. It's not about the question. It's about the information you can get from your in, your query. And it's while well, it doesn't have a question mark at the end, you've asked someone to do something and they are commanded to do it in an open-ended way. And they can't answer yes or no. They can't. They have to talk about it now. And it, it works in situations just like that. That's it. 
That's it. That's it. We had a short second half here. We got to get Cole off to school. He needs to learn, folks. He needs. He's still learning because he's going to be an educator someday. Cole Carmody will be teaching history to your children, and he's lived a lot of history. He remembers Vietnam well. We'll be back next week with more of the Powercat Podcast. Thanks for listening. Pretty soon after that new year, I'm going to get Jay Heydrich on for some basketball podcasts. And maybe we'll have something good to talk about. Like I said, we don't know what happened on Wednesday night against Marquette. What a big win. What a horrible loss. Got my bases covered. Thank you for listening to the Powercat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.